Hello, welcome to another episode of the Geek Church. Uh, I know it's been a little uh, while since we uh, put an episode up for it for everyone, but uh, uh, it's not David's fault. It is clearly my fault. I had run some issues in life and in editing, um, but isn't that the way it always is? So uh, we finally uh, got this one. We recorded this actually a long time ago, and as I listened to it, I realized one thing, that while we've had a couple weeks uh, since we've uh, released and we had, uh, it's been a number of months since we uh, recorded this. Uh, this was this was still very early. Um, we recorded this early in some of the uh, episodes we've already released. But uh, this episode was recorded on the very first day that uh, Sandman Overtures was, uh, the comic book was released. And episode, uh, uh, issue number two still has not been released. So by that count, I think we're doing great. Uh, and uh, we've managed to, to get this up. Uh, beating uh, DC Comics. Ha! We're better than that. Today, we, uh, David and I uh, have this episode that's about um, the notion of myth uh, as it ties in with Scripture, the story of God, and, uh, and, and our lives together. Uh, we hope you enjoy. And now, let's get our geek on. doing really well i'm doing really well it's uh it's an exciting day beautiful weather here too so exciting days are good very very happy uh, yeah? i'm glad to hear it i just had a colleague buy me uh lunch and fill me with middle eastern food so Ooh. you know i like free lunch free lunch is good yeah right i mean i had i had to eat what he ordered he just ordered a whole sort of slew of things and yeah but it didn't matter to me so he said the only thing we're not getting is the raw kibbe i'm like okay What's that? He goes, that's raw lamb. I went, yeah, yeah, we don't need to do that, but if you ordered it, I'd eat it. So. I, yeah, I could live without that, but yeah, okay, yeah. How about you? What's, how are you doing? I am good. I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm recovering. I was, uh, in, uh, California last week, uh, for Unconference, Unco, uh, which is a, uh, continuing ed event, uh, based on the, uh, open source, open platform, open meeting sort of style. And, uh, yeah, really I have great heard time. Of Unco, yes. Yeah, Unco's a, a great. I'm part of the host team for that, and and been doing that for a couple of years, and really enjoy it. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. All right. How do you? How did you get to be part of the host team? Uh, I I married into it. Um, it uh. <laughs> it, it it originated with a, a group of folks out of uh, Austin Seminary, uh, which is uh, Austin Presbyterian Seminary, which is where my wife got her Master Divinity. And, uh, she has been a part of the, uh, planning team, uh, for some time. Uh, she runs the, uh, Kid Unco, uh, which is the, uh, oh. portion of that for the children that come. I just kind of 
came along for the ride uh, ever since then and uh, have been a part of the group. And uh, we're getting ready to spin off uh, next year our third event. Um, we've got one on the East Coast that happens in New York and one on the West Coast that happens in California. Uh, and this year we're spinning off one for Texas. So looking forward to that. So you won't have to travel quite so far. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, although I may still do one of the others as well just because we have lots of fun. So sure. it's a great group of folks. If you were to come out to if you were to come out to New York, I'd consider making the making that swing. Yeah, um, perhaps next year. I don't know next year whether I'll do east or west. Uh, the east one happens in uh, Stony Point. If you know Stony Point, I have a vague I have a vague understanding of that. Yeah, yeah it's a retreat center up up north. Mm-hmm. I, I, some somewhere north of Virginia. That's all I know. Yeah. Well, if if it's in, uh, you said it's in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's in the city, it's always upstate. That's yeah, really no, everything else. So yeah, it's it's upstate. Yes, um, <laughs> yes. I I think we're recording. It looks like we're recording. <laughs> I, I don't know. You have you listened to any of the last few that we've done? They've turned out okay. I've I've I'm I'm bad. No. Awesome. We'll just put it out there. You know, whatever. It'll just be me talking to myself for you talking <laughs> to yourself. That's that's what we're gonna put out. An well, hour. I'll, I'll an hour of one of us talking to ourselves. I think that is awesome. Well, wouldn't it be great? I mean, it would be like sitting there and listening to a person talk on the phone to someone else. Nothing like an hour of uh, one-sided phone conversation. What are they talking about? What did he say? Well, let, let's infer what the other one said by what he, how he responded. We can yeah. make a Mad Libs game out of it. Oh, yeah. Right? Love it. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to introduce our topic for today? Well, yeah. So we're talking about stuff. We have and things. Coming. We're gonna talk about stuff and that. And actually, that, actually right there, I was a Pittsburghism, uh, uh, part of Pittsburghese, and that. You know, we're gonna talk about stories, stories, and that. Uh, it's led to one of those little uh, white stickers that has the letter N and then the at symbol. Uh huh. I like it. Every time we see that, every time we see that, uh, I know that person's from Pittsburgh, because Inat is just a just a Pittsburgh thing. Anyway, today, <laughs> so we have coming up, and my this is amazing. My son, who is ten, is already concerned with the rise of uh, the new Star Wars movie, already oh, on his radar. Oh wow! Parenting done right. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Well, and so his anxiety is raised. It's like, well, what if it's no good? I'm like, well, I George Lucas you, tried to destroy, I feel you. <laughs> you know, it with Episode One. So, yeah. So, uh, but he already he's like, what am I? Maybe it's not so good. I mean, so he is he's the one who's you know I've, I've mentioned this before. He is constantly like watching the special bonus features on the DVDs and the the other day he's like, Dad, or he asked me a question. He said, Why do you know why they were gonna call Episode six, Blue Harvest. I'm like, what? I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, they were gonna call it Revenge of the Jedi, and they say you couldn't do it. And then they went to Blue Harvest, and they ended up being Return of the Jedi, and or some weird thing like this. And I'm like, dude, I've never heard this part of the story, <laughs> so I can't tell you unless Blue Harvest was just sort of some. You, you haven't seen the Family Guy version? The family Guy Blue like Harvest? No. <laughs> is that really part? Is that something? Yeah, the Family Guy did a remake of of all three of the original movies. Uh, the the they, they called Episode Six Blue Harvest. No kidding. Okay, 
Yeah, no, 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 no. If I remember I'd correctly. Seen, yeah, well, I so and he's like, yeah, this was on a this was on one of the uh, one of the bonus features on the DVD, and I you know I'm like, oh, okay. So he he has surpassed me in his um, Star Wars thing, but so, you know. Star Wars is is really even though it, I mean it's bigger it's bigger than just the movies with the with the with the video games and the books and the novels that are considered canonical I mean they all have to they all had to fit in that worldview that within the universe there couldn't be anything that that contradicted stuff yeah what has ended up being created is this massive universe that exists out there and and contains sort of meaning and identity for that story it is it is a massive myth beyond just just what most folks are familiar with have you read have you read any of the novels david i have not read any of the novels none i have also not followed up much with the old republic stuff i i'm i'm interested in it but i just haven't it's on my radar as something to do but it 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 hasn't made it through the queue yet right well i i've read the uh, the timothy zahn novels okay um air of the empire ones and Hand of Thrawn, and right, they're really, they're really, really good. Yeah, others, eh, nah, not so much. Yeah, I'd imagine it's probably uh, mixed bag. Of, yeah, right. But the Timothy Zahn ones are are masterful and really well done. And I've heard, I, re- I heard a, a story on NPR where there's a guy, basically, he's the continuity right. director of the entire Star Wars universe, which I, I think gives him the, or he deserves the the, the rank and title of uh, Uber Geek because yeah. he has to. Keep the entire storyline in his head. Wow, that's that's uh, impressive, or, uh, right? Uh, just so one. Not only is he, he has to know everything, he has to know all the books, all the movies, and the the debates and stuff that are going around about things and how that would um, how that would go and turn out. So it, it's amazing. Yeah, I I don't know. Do you th- is there another universe of story out there that exists with such popular grasp of of the myth? Ooh, with such popular grasp of the myth about that, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I think the, the 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 Tolkien world is certainly that rich, or or seems to be that rich to me. It is rich. No, I, I no, the Tolkien world is definitely rich, but 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 I think most people don't have that much of a grasp of it. Mm-hmm. At least not mm-hmm. as no, many no, do as uh, of the Star Wars world. For most people, there's a rudimentary grasp of of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but not really of the other works that go alongside. Yeah, and you know the 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 recent move of I think of the Hobbit into the move into the film version. You know, people go, well, wait, it's a book. It's it was one book, and they're making it into three movies. Right. But I mean, they really are doing pulling more, more into that in sort of the larger mythic connections that are there. Yeah, they seem to be drawing it to, to into some of the how they end up. Yeah, and he did well, the same we thing. We only read the Hobbit, and you only see that. Yeah, he did the same thing with Lord of the Rings. I think he pulled out some stuff that was canonical, but outside of the the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and I think the 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 starting like the in the Fellowship of the Ring where he starts off with the whole sort of beginning of the battle uh, with Sauron uh, long ago, right? And how that all works. Uh, that that's a that was really important for setting the stage for then the beginning and uh, and all. But you know, I think. I think myth gets a bad name in a lot of ways because can you what do you think I mean when what what do you think the popular definition of myth is Oh I think for most folks myth is lie I think for most folks myth is story fiction uh, not just story myth is fiction Yeah you know it, it's it's the buzzword now but I I think there's something to 
narrative, but myth is so much more than that, I think. Again, I think most people are, are, are caught up on myth as fiction, but, uh, you know, you and I could talk about myth as, as, as narrative, myth as symbol. Well, even symbol's a funny word. Yeah, and I'm, I'm using it in that sort of funny way, right. Yeah, people go, well, that's just symbolic. And wh- right. what does that mean? Uh, how, how do we look at that? And uh, I don't know if you caught it. I'm trying to find it here. I'm trying to pull it up. A couple weeks ago on, in the lectionary? Did you catch this? Probably not. In the, in the, 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 the lectionary, it had the second Timothy reading out of the fourth chapter of, of that letter. Now listen to this. Yeah, um, for time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to blank. Finish that sentence, David. Oh, Lord. Um, put me on the spot. Uh, to stories? No. No. The, and the NRSV has a trans... And they will turn away from listening to the truth and will wander away to myths. Ah, and what's what's the Greek behind that? Muthos. It is muthos there. There you go. Uh, Muthoi. Yeah. Yeah. The mysteries. You know, I mean, so... Clearly a um, a, a setup there of um, kind of setting it up and against already with uh, with yeah. those uh, with those letters myth as a bad thing. Well, so okay, all right. So I, I think it gets back to for me, it's the hang up that w- that we have, and and this is you know lesson one of of however many Sunday school classes that I've taught. Maybe it is for you too. Um, fact. And truth. I think we, we, we live in a, in a culture that is, for many very, very good reasons, concerned about facts. And facts are, are important. But truth is so much more important. And, and, you know, you know, fact is this, this book here is, is green. And I could prove it to you or disprove it one way or the other. Um, the truth is my spouse loves me. And I could not prove that to you in any reliable way. But but the yeah. truth is so much more important than the fact, and we want scripture because we live in in this sort of fact based, fact obsessed culture. We want scripture to be factful rather than truthful, and I think scripture is yes. a whole lot more concerned about being truthful. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. It is certainly um, th- there are those issues, and so and so I turn around and I talk about. Um, Myths as things that convey truth, at least as we're using the word myth. Yeah, right, and 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 that's certainly how I see it. I think when we deal with the word myth, for me, the, the Bible, the, where I mean, we are clearly dealing in in myth uh, that I would say are the mythic portions of the Bible. When you start talking about like the first eleven chapters, right, of Genesis, there's creation and flood and and all of that, it, it's it's mythic in its character. That it, it's about purveying a, a truth that's outside of perhaps fact. So the question for me is, though, you know, if but if we move in be, even beyond that, right? You know, do we see this whole sort of massive structure of that this massive story that that the Bible gives us? You know, I mean, in a sense. It really does, at least for, for Christian scriptures, it goes from the beginning of time 
to the end of time. Right. I mean, there's really not a bigger story to uh, to get a hold of, um, and it's and it's within the midst of that that story it imbues, in my view, meaning and truth for us, even if some of the things are perhaps not factual. Right. And so meaning making is maybe what we could talk about, and 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 we can talk about the way. And I think geek culture has been phenomenal at meaning making. Uh, whether you're talking, you yeah, know, going back to to Tolkien and 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 his way of storytelling, um, is all about meaning making. Um, you know, he he certainly eschews uh, uh, Lewis's, and he's and he's explicit about it. He eschews Lewis's. Uh, allegorical method of storytelling but he he does go about this business of meaning making and and wrestling with truth and evil and goodness and and human nature even what he's not talking about humans um talked about meaning making and 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 trying to make sense of this this world that we live in and that's the whole point and and George Lucas is doing the same thing, uh, even when he's doing it with, you know, creepy animated stuff of episode one and we don't like how he's doing it. He's still attempting to go about the same business of making some meaning and wrestling yeah. with those big questions. And maybe that's the way to talk about it. You know, but meaning making is not the way people talk. People don't say, well, I'm going to make meaning. Mm-hmm. Big questions. I, I think we can talk yeah. about these are the stories that deal with the big questions. Of life, yeah, you know, and I think I think for at least for the first eleven chapters, I mean, primarily, let you know, if I go back to Genesis, the the those big stories that are in there were meant to deal with questions that people had, you know, how did the world get here? And clearly, I think that the first creation story in Genesis one is a is a connection where, you know, it it seeks to answer the question of a against the Babylonian myths about this God who creates out of nothing rather than the bodies of dead gods and um, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, okay, Pastor Brian, that, that's, that, that's fine, and you're, you're soft-pedaling there through Genesis 1. The Jesus story, is it a myth? Yeah, right, good question. Genesis, Genesis is an easy one to deal with and talking about myth. I think, yeah, I think the Jesus story is a myth, but again, not in the sense that we, you know, because, again, I think part of it is in a Christian culture that we that we have um, lived through now for you know however many millennia centuries and millennia right. now because we've always characterized those Greek and Roman stories as myths that right. we've al- always prepared uh, and and dealt with them in the sense of using that word myth as not now, factual not factual it's not they're not true they're right. fun little stories but they're not true right but they have they they were vital in the epic poetries of of the day in the theater that the Romans and Greeks would go and watch right. as bringing meaning for them. You know, you listen, you yeah. go and you listen to the Aeneid, and it's about this is what it means to be Roman. Right. It was true uh, for them at least as they understood it. Less about for the details, but more about this is what good Romans do. Yeah. Because and I, this is where our roots are. So, and back to you know my my answer to the Jesus question is, uh, myth does not necessarily mean unfactual, right? Correct. And, and and I think that that's the hang up, and and that's why I asked that question in in that way was to get at that. Uh, a myth can also be factual. It can not be factual. I think there's some some importance to the factuality of the Jesus story, and I don't want to um, 
imply that there's not, because uh, that's not at all what I'm doing. But there is a so, some some truth conveyed in the story of of a mythic quality about who we are uh, and and who we're called to be and who God is and and what God is doing in the world. Yeah, the Bible isn't just a collection of wondrous stories. You know the way we treat the the, the Greek myths. I, I think it's not just that collection of wondrous stories, but it um, it has a, it has so many levels for us to live in. And when we reduce it to it has to be factual. I'd, I'd rather get us away from factual and start talking about issues of truth. Yeah. So uh, to tie it all together, we could say um, good geek storytelling is mythic. Whether you're talking about Dune or Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or uh, Walter White or, you know, any of these things that, that, that we love so much – they wrestle with the big truths of life. Um, even if they don't come to the same conclusions, they wrestle with those things. What does it mean to be the sorts of things that we are? What does it mean to be a human wrestling with this life? What does it mean to confront evil uh, in yourself and outside of yourself? What does it mean to encounter goodness inside yourself and outside yourself? So good geek storytelling is is epic, mythic, and at the end of the day, here, here, here's where I think the, the, the thesis is, okay? Uh, good word and sacrament Christianity has to be mythic. Our preaching and I, our liturgy, they've got to be mythic. The great thing about good geek storytelling, right, and we've said this before, is that it pulls us into the narrative. Yes. That we immerse ourselves in the narrative. Right. And if we cannot make understand how our story is wrapped up with God's story. Right. Yes. We're, we're done. Yeah. You. So you. You're watching. Uh. You know your favorite TV series that you're caught up in. Your favorite movie, and you think, I get that. I get that experience. Or I want to get that. I want to get that. And that's that's what we need to be creating. Um. Or or ultimately we ought to be creating, or we are creating, mm-hmm. hopefully, um. In in varieties of ways. Yeah. I think there are times when we can watch something that is so foreign to our understanding and our experience and that we don't get it, but it's such a compelling story for whatever reason that we turn around and say, I'm just going to keep following this because I am really curious yeah. what where it's going and what it's going to do. And I think sometimes um, in the church we have to make space for the people yeah. who don't get it and have to they just want to sort of sit and watch for a bit yeah. and kind of take part and you know we need to be ready for that because sure. I think there's more and more the case that it's not just going to be natural for us yeah to say oh yeah there it is you know so it, part of part of what 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 this meaning making does and, and the way that it happens in these stories is they take us to a world outside ourselves so that we can better see ourselves Right. And I mean, that's Gene Roddenberry was very clear that that was precisely what he was doing with Star Trek. Right. He was wrestling with issues of race in a world outside ourselves so that we could better see ourselves in the world that we live in. Yeah. No, it's exactly Hello, liturgy. right. Hello, liturgy. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic uh, connection to liturgy. Yeah. Ooh. I liturgy think. is connective. Yeah. Liturgy is connective. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe that's. A good point to say we're we're coming up on our time here, and uh, um, 
uh, nice way to draw all that together. Uh, liturgy is connective. It, it takes us outside ourselves so that we can look inside ourselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Brian, what's the geekiest thing you've Dude. done since I talked to you last? I am totally stoked. Right here in my hands, I am holding issue number one. Oh. Extra-sized issue, the Sandman Overture. Oh, wow. For those who are not familiar, uh, the Sandman was a comic done by DC in uh, uh, 75 issues. So, you you know, um, it, it was quite a number of years that it ran, and it was written by Neil Gaiman. Oh, wow. He, he had it completely worked out that uh, Sandman could not go on without him. Yeah, right. Like they couldn't get another writer to come in and step in. So he was the creative mind across the entire story arc of issues one through seventy-five. And then when he stepped away, they had to stop it. It is, it wow. is to say that this is long awaited for <laughs> would be a massive understatement. Um, and I am looking at it and now that looking back on it and looking at the art in those in those uh, issues. Uh, one through seventy-five of the original Sandman. I almost liken the art in them to be more like um, the sense of um, the old uh, tales of horror and suspense comic or, or um, uh, tales from the crypt. Right. They they were all very. They had an. They had this really sort of distorted edge to them. Um, not realistic. Not like superhero comic type art. Um, but I will tell you this, this art in here is phenomenal. I'm just, as I leaf through it and I see it, the, oh, it's, it's beautiful and it's, and it's connected. It just <laughs> flows really nice in there. I mean, you want to talk about myth. This is just another one of those places. Um, and, uh, yeah, Neil Gaiman, uh, is, uh, is really super and, uh, yeah, the two different, there are two different uh, cover variants out there, but I got the one with uh, um, the Sandman in his. Uh, and and you're uh, shipping the other one to me, right? I, I will do that. David. <laughs> I will do it. Yeah, and that's a good thing. As I've, I, I have again, I'm still holding it in my hand. I've not even read it. Right. But um, for those who haven't, uh, the one review I did, which thankfully had no spoilers, um, was very clear that you don't have to know who. Um, all of the characters are in it, um, and uh, it's just—I mean, Sandman was so important in the DC world. Uh, it created sort of some spin-offs of, uh, particularly the, the books of magic was a was a spin-off series of that. And uh, who, before Harry Potter was on the scene, the main—if you go back and you look at the, sort of the main character in books of magic, is very Harry Potter-esque All right. imagery. Uh, round black glasses, no lightning scar, but. Um, Young boy out of England, okay, uh, with these big round black glasses. It's very interesting, and uh, he has out of there also came Death, um, who was a was a favorite character out of there, and and she had a couple limited series and um, just superb stuff. Uh, I'm clearly I could continue talking, but I will stop, David. Clearly so because uh, I want to hear what your well, geekiest. Well, so speaking of, of Harry Potter, um, we were at the, uh, San Francisco Theological Seminary, which is a Presbyterian seminary, um, actually in San Anselmo. Uh, and 
they actually had a, a, a Harry Potter cast party at this seminary uh, because it looks like this castle in the middle of this neighborhood uh, right outside of San Francisco, which is not just any neighborhood. Uh, at breakfast, uh, one of the mornings that we were there, first of all, Unco itself is, is church geek fantastic. Uh, a great time, great folks. Um, but it's not, it's not everything. That happened. So we're in San Anselmo and, and some of my friends are having breakfast every morning at this one spot on purpose. Same spot. It's where George Lucas has breakfast every morning. And they saw uh, George Lucas. Uh, I, I didn't get down there in time. I, I, I almost, re- you know, sort of the, the, the Mark scene of the little boy streaking naked, you know, I almost, you know, ran out one morning to go run down there. <laughs> Um, and, and, and see George Lucas. Imagination Park is right there that has, uh, uh, this fountain with Yoda and, and Indiana Jones. Um, because Lucas's place is there in San Anselmo and that's, that's where he, he dreamed up, uh, these characters. Um, so my, my friend sees George Lucas and, and I'm doing the, the evening update with my daughter on, on the phone and tell her that my friend sees George Lucas. She says, well, who's George Lucas? She says, George Lucas is the guy who wrote Star Wars. And she puts down the phone and she runs to the other room because she's got to run to the other room and scream because she's so excited. Yes. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Win. Absolutely. Win right there. Absolutely. Yes. Very so cool. it, it was a, 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 a by proxy experience between my daughter and George Lucas, neither of whom was I with, but the experience worked really, really well. That, that's amazing, right? You, you, you weren't even there. You no. simply mediated the experience to her. Yes. In such a way that it was enough. Your friend saw her, and you knew the friend, and so now you're like, uh, one, two, three. Deg- she's three degrees removed, and she was. It was enough to run in the other room and scream. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely perfect. All right. Y'all have a wonderful week, uh, and we will have this episode up sooner or later, and you will be listening to it then. All right, man. Take care. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Church of the Geek. Uh, you can find David on Twitter at at, on Twitter at Rev underscore David, and you can uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, Brian underscore O underscore Bennett, um, or you can look at us uh, at uh, Geek Church uh, on Twitter as well. Um, we hope uh, everyone is having a really uh, blessed Lent uh, as we uh, move through this uh, solemn time into uh, our uh, celebratory Easter uh, time. I hope folks. Uh, If you have a discipline, that it is wonderfully geeky and uh, meaningful to you, drawing you closer to God and one another. Um, We have some really uh, excellent episodes coming up. Uh, We really hope you enjoy it. We're going to be looking at some guests uh, joining us, um, dealing with issues around uh, faith formation and um, what it means to be church in this uh, very uh, new world of... uh, social media and such, and, and as well as some, some issues around uh, uh, specific things around comics and also around uh, things like uh, death and dying. So uh, keep tuned into uh, our uh, podcast and our, uh, our Facebook page and our, and our Twitter feed, uh, and we really look forward to uh, uh, sharing this stuff with you. 
Uh, feel free to comment or uh, leave us notes on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks a lot, and may the geek be with you.